Good morning, church, and welcome to another pre-recorded message for the 3rd of May. Uh, we thank God that we have been kept alive and safe all this while, and that there is more to come of good things for all of us. And we, we bless the name of the Lord this morning. Let us pray and seek the Lord for His message this morning, Holy Spirit, to help us. Father, we thank you that you have given us your word, a word in season, a word to develop our spiritual understanding of the times that we live in and to prepare our hearts for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you that this morning you are listening to everything that we are praying and you're answering in most marvelous ways, things that we have not even known or understood because you work behind the scenes. And we thank you that this word will go out in the airways and we release the spirits of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus along with it. That it might bless everyone who hears it and that your name may be glorified through it. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. So this morning, I want to talk to you about, for such a time as this, you were called from your mother's womb for such a time as this. You're not a chance happening upon this earth but what you do with your life is very very important not only at this point in time but how you prepare yourself for what is coming so God has purpose that we should be here at this time and we must know that um, we should be a solution and, and not a problem at this time. Amen? We are the solution that God has placed upon the earth. The church is the solution through Christ Jesus, of course. And so we need to understand how to be a solution. A lot of people are talking about the prophecies and the warnings about what is coming and, uh, you know, what's going to happen to the earth and all of those things. And, and, and that's all relevant. But my question is, how can I be a solution in the midst of all the problems? I don't want to be a problem adding to the problems of the world. I want to be a solution. So I keep praying in that direction and I keep asking the Lord to help me so that I can position myself correctly in His will to be a solution. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to pick up our proof text in Esther chapter 4 and verse 14 and we're going to talk a bit about the life of Esther and what it was that uh, she uh, went through uh, for the time that she lived in and and you know it's very very important to understand that uh, these are the times that we are living in uh, that God has purpose that we should uh, be like Esther, amen. And you know, Esther it didn't, it didn't just just didn't happen to come along the scene. She was here. Uh, she was there for that for that time, which she didn't even like fully understand. But uh, God had purpose that she should be there, and positioned in the king's palace for such a time as what she was going to face. So Esther chapter four verse fourteen. And we're looking at the words of Mordecai to her. And he says, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time? as this. Mordecai was warning her about not becoming a problem but becoming the solution to what was happening to the nation of Israel at the time which was the decree of total annihilation across the nations of the world to destroy the Jews. The decree had been signed and had been uh, ratified by the king. The seal was put on the document 
and was sent out to around the world where the king was ruling and you know millions maybe millions of Jews were lives were at stake you know a decree went out about this plague to go across the whole world to take lives okay uh, but God has placed us here for such a time as this we are the Esther the church is the Esther of the time amen church, Esther is a type of the bride of Christ and and so we have to understand that we as the bride of Christ are also placed in a position to be able to go to the king and to request and petition him for the deliverance that we need at this time so you and I are in that position at this point in time we need to know what to do amen we've been warned we've received the warnings we see it happening around us we know what's going on now we need to know what to do so I want you to get excited about your faith because no matter what comes against us in this world you and I were born for such a time as this so what am I going to do about it you know I may feel inadequate at this time I may be just thinking oh well I, I can't do much about it you know it's all over the world it's happening you know what am I going to do but God has chosen the foolish things of this world right you and I are the foolish things of this world even in the eyes of man they think we're stupid for worshiping a living God who is invisible and who doesn't seem to be intervening in men's affairs and they always question the fact that God allows famines and floods and all this sort of disasters on the earth and you know where is he why isn't he helping us the thing is you know man's sin has separated ourselves from God so a lot of these things are happening because of that but yet God has placed a solution upon the earth and that is you and me you know that's individually and corporately as the body of Christ around the world so don't think of yourself as in inadequate think of yourself as positioned adequately by God for such a time as this so you know God keeps raising up the foolish things of this world and, and faces the opposition of the enemy with such that, uh, that it confounds the, the wise, it confounds the people of this world, it confounds the enemy as to how God can use such uh, foolish things of this world. You know, when you look at President Trump in America, he's one of those foolish things of this world. Now, whether he is uh, saved or unsaved is, is not relevant at this point in time. God can use both the saved and the unsaved. So, you know, it's up to God who he wants to use. But God is using him. And we can see God is using him. Maybe, you know, we don't like some of the things that he's doing. Like what people don't like about us, about what we're doing. But he is a sign and a wonder. He, just as you are a sign and a wonder at this time. Amen. You are standing in the midst of all this chaos and confusion. And you are, you are causing the enemies in the heavenly realms to wonder about you as to how you can stand that's because you've given your life to Jesus you've received the peace of God you know what's coming you know who your Lord is so you are positioned correctly in the spiritual realm okay in your thinking in your heart position and and your position correctly but now you've got to take that position and you've got to use it Queen Esther had to use the position she was in to save the nation of Israel Mordecai couldn't do it okay because he was outside of the palace so he was not welcome in the presence of the king the queen was but she she put an objection to it and and she said oh you know we're not allowed in there unless he, he calls us and all this sort of stuff but she had already received favor from the king above everybody else she had been chosen to become the queen and she had received the favor of the king so just like that church the church is the bride of Christ has received the favor of God she is welcome in the presence of God Amen. through the blood of Jesus through the Lord the bridegroom himself she is welcome into the presence of God the scepter of righteousness has been raised amen Esther said unless the scepter is raised we cannot go in well Jesus has raised the scepter of righteousness and he has placed the righteousness upon us so we can go in amen we can go into the throne room and we can request so we are positioned 
properly and adequate, adequately for such a time as this. So don't, don't wonder about that, okay? Wonder about who you are and what it is that you are doing. You know, that which is a risk for us, Esther thought it was a risk and, and to go into the presence of the king. That, and that which is a risk for us in taking bold steps of faith, you know, is not a risk for God. <laughs> this is what we've got to understand. Like one preacher said, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Amen? So if faith is spelled R-I-S-K, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And now God is telling you, go into the presence of the king and find out what he wants you to do. Now that's what Mordecai told Esther. Now Mordecai is a type of Jesus. Okay, now he's telling Esther, the queen, go into the presence of the king and petition. So God is asking us through Jesus Christ to go into his presence and petition. Amen. Petition for the lives, petition for the future, petition for ourselves and keep petitioning. So yes, everybody is praying, everybody is seeking the Lord. But you've got to come out with a result. Amen. You've got to come out with a solution to the problem. That's what it's about. Amen. It's not just about hearing prophecies and being worried about what the prophets are saying and what's going to come afterwards. No, how are you going to position yourself at this point in time to be a solution? I want to be a solution to you. I want to be a solution to my fellow man. I want to be a solution to the world. So I'm requesting God and I'm petitioning God for my understanding of my destiny. So here it is and it is before us. This is our time of destiny and we need to understand. I, think I can tell you something that when faith comes, okay, when the word of faith comes, you can go to the bank with it. That is God's word. That's God's assurance, right? It is an absolute that you cannot, it cannot be shaken. It cannot move. Heaven and earth can pass away, but the word of God to you uh, by faith will never pass away. So, you know, I, I can tell you that I've done it a lot of times. <clears throat> that when God has spoken to me, and said do this or do that I've done it because it is foolishness to others but it is sense to me it may not make total sense to me but at the time I'm believing the higher authority over me my God my king the absolute ruler and authority of this world and this universe and so what do I got to worry about obviously the the natural is going to kick in amen the flesh is going to kick in and say, hey, you fool, why are you believing uh, this and going out into the world with no salary, no income and no support? Hey, listen, I heard the voice of God. So the devil, you know, is also trying to dissuade you from taking the steps of faith because he says the risk is too great. But the truth is the risk is not at all too great because God spoke, God said. Now, if you had stepped out without God saying, then of course you're going to be foolish and you're going to fall into the trap of the devil. So I want to show you today that taking a risk by faith is not a risk at all. It is the solution. Amen. It is the solution to the problem. It is the solution to our calling. It is the solution to our destiny. It is the solution to the problems of the world. And it is the solution that we ourselves personally need for ourselves so that we can grow in God. I know many of us are hungering and thirsting to grow in God, but you're going to have to take the steps of faith by taking a risk. Hallelujah. Okay, I know many of you are sitting around and saying, God, use me, use me, use me. And God says already, you know, go out into the world and preach the gospel. And you're thinking, my goodness, how am I going to do that? Do I have to leave my job? You know, I'm already without a job or whatever. Come on, man. Risk. Okay. Risk means hearing the word of faith from God and stepping out. Don't step out without that. Hear the word of faith. And you know, some of us are waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Don't wait too long because the world will pass away and you'll still be waiting. So we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up to ourselves. Amen. So I can tell you again that the word of God is solid. It's sure. You can go to the bank with it and you can live off it. You see, God's word is good in heaven. Amen. If you take God's word into heaven, into the courts of heaven, and you speak to God using his word, he's listening because you're using his word. 
It's good in the throne room of grace and mercy. When you go in there <clears throat> and you ask God for that throne, for that mercy and grace in time of need. Again, you're using God's word. And so it's good in there. It's good in the atmosphere. When you speak it into the spiritual atmosphere, the demons listen to it. And it's good against them that they cannot come against you because you're using the word of God. It's the sword of the spirit. So, you know, you've got to understand that when you've got God's word, it's good for everything. Once Esther got that word from the king about, yeah, well, I will reverse the decree. Haman got hung on his own gallows. And, and, and the Jews were delivered. So, you know, it's good in spiritual warfare. Amen. So you've got to know, you've got to get that word. And when you get that word, go forward. So I believe that when God delivers his word, okay, and, and his will is performed, okay, there can be no change to it after that. Once that word is released, there'll be no change. Amen. God delivers his people by his will on the petition of the church. And things begin to happen that cannot be reversed. So I believe that God is raising a people who will go the distance with God in times of difficulty. And they who have found their faith difficult in, in the past will flounder to catch up. Amen. If you have been struggling with your faith up till now, you're not going to have the faith to face the times that are coming. Amen. It's only those who have walked with God, who have understood God, who have stood in the gap with God, that will face the future fully charged with faith. But, you know, the good thing is that when God positions you for such a time as this, it is not to be concerned about what may happen. So once again, I come back to that assurance of the word. God, have you positioned me in Calvary Assembly in the Southwest Corridor for such a time as this? And the resounding answer might be yes. And if it is yes, okay, then you have nothing to worry about. All you got to do is look forward to the solutions of the Lord and get into the closet, get into the place that He's calling you and do what God is telling you to do and you will see. See, there are many lovable characters in the Bible who found out that the positioning of God always brings a brilliant result for his chosen. Let me say that to you again. That the positioning of God always brings about a brilliant result for his chosen. Now Joseph found this out. Moses, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, Daniel, Esther, and many whose names are insignificant were chosen by God to be positioned in their time to produce the result that God wanted to bring. Now, I can tell you that most of them came close to death. Most of them faced the most horrific scenes of persecution and difficulty to get to that point of destiny where they could fulfill what God wanted done. And their positioning was not an easy one. It was a difficult task for them because they were living in the flesh. So obviously they had fears, they had doubts, a lot of things could rise up to them. But they believed God. Amen. They believed God. They, they, they were able to talk to God. They, they prayed. They communicated with God. Some of them even tried to negotiate with God like Moses. You know, he said, I'm a man of stammering lips and he started giving excuses. Uh, don't give those kind of excuses, okay? Start, now we have come a long way down from Moses. Now we know not to give such excuses. They are written in the Bible for us so that we don't give such excuses. But rather, we take hold of what these great men of God and women of God have done and then go forward, okay? And, and go to God and say, okay, God, here I am, use me. And then be absolutely sure that God has positioned you so that you can bring about the best result that God wants for this universe, for this world, and for your community, and for your household, and whatever it is that you are facing, maybe in your job or whatever it is, your position. Amen? So you've got to understand that you're positioned by God. Now these guys all faced a, a, a lot of persecution, but they stood the test of God by the will and power of God. Not by their own ability. Okay, so don't, don't get 
carried away saying, I'm standing, I'm standing, I'm standing. No. One day I used to, I was saying, very often I used to say to the Lord, you know, I'm standing on the rock, I'm standing on the rock. And one day I got a tap on my shoulder and the Lord said, son, I have placed you on the rock. You're not standing on the rock. You're standing on the rock because I've placed you on the rock and I'm keeping you there. Amen. So that's the only way you're going to position yourself and stay in that position. Because if you decide to do something outside of that which God has said that you should do and you're positioning, and you take off, you don't go do your own thing, guess what? You are in serious trouble. You're going to face the demons, you're going to face the difficulties, you're going to face God's wrath. All sorts of things are going to happen to you. So you need to understand that when God positions, He also uh, empowers you to stand there. Amen? You see, there are a lot of kings in the Old Testament. They used to depend on counselors and prophets. So when, when the enemy came to attack, the, the false prophets and the counselors gave wrong advice and told lies to the king. And this happened through the history of the Old Testament. So many kings, they did not listen to the true prophets and the true counselors. Now this is where you and I can also get stuck. Is that when we listen to the false prophets and teachers and wrong counsel. Amen. It is through much counsel, mighty counsel, that you are saved, you are protected. But you don't listen. You say you go and hide yourself somewhere and you say, Oh, Pastor, don't talk to me anymore. I don't want to hear anymore. You know, I'm going to avoid you because your counsel is always telling me to get my life right or you get disciplined or do something and I don't want to listen to your counsel. I'll go to the guy who tickles my ears or I'll just go and sit by myself and sort myself out. And that's where the devil gets you. That's where your household goes into problems. That's where your finances go down. That's where you lose your job. That's where all sorts of other things happen. And you need to understand that the reason that we are together is so that there can be wise counsel. Amen. And God has placed wise counsel in the church so that you can receive it. Now, Mordecai was the right counsel for Esther. Now, if Esther did not have a father in the faith, if she did not have the wise counsel of Mordecai, she would not have gone into the presence of the king. Amen? She would not have had the courage. But Mordecai did not just give her nice glib words and say, Oh, don't worry, darling, you know, it's all right. You just go back to your palace and your perfumes and your, and your you know, nice lifestyle. No, he didn't say that. He said to her, Hey, listen, you and your household will be destroyed if you do not do what is needed in this hour as God requires it. Whoa, take a check on yourself. Take a check on yourself at this time. Amen. And say, am I doing what God is counseling me to do through my fellow counsel and through his wise counsel of the Holy Spirit? A lot of people say, oh, I don't need your counsel. I've got the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me, friends. The Holy Spirit also speaks through other people. Amen. The Holy Spirit also uses other people to tell you what he wants you to know. So you begin to submit and yield and don't be so proud and God will help you. To, reach, to do great things and great exploits like he did with Esther. So the change that is coming to us is like never before in our history. So I want you to be ready for those times. Amen. Because history has come and gone. But prophecy is going to outwork itself. Okay. So the future is, is full of what God wrote already in the Bible for us. Especially in the book of Revelation in Daniel and in Ezekiel and other places and in Matthew in the Gospels about what is coming. Amen. So I say, okay, now there's so much warning about it. So what am I going to do? So if, if both good and bad are on their way, then I need to know how to handle both the good and the bad. And only the strong, only the strong, hear me, who are positioned can stand in the gap for others. Okay, not just for yourself. Okay, if you, you've got to be able to stand for your brother and for your sister. You've got to be able to stand for the kingdom of God. You've got to be able to stand for the church. And that's the only way that you are going to help others. Okay, if you fail yourself, then the others are left without help. And God positioned you not to fail, but to succeed. So what does it mean? I, I've got to get down on my knees. I've got to go to God. 
I'm going to ask God, find out from God, what is my position? And how should I operate in this time? And what should I be doing? So I want to be the solution, amen? I don't want to be the problem. I don't want to add to the problems already. God is going to raise many strong people in these last days who are submitted and yielded to His will. Wishy-washy people will not be able to take up the full armor of God. Amen? And you know, <laughs> when you go into battle, if you don't have the armor of God, you're done. You're finished. Okay? If you wear your own armor, your finances, your status in life, your family, your education, these are all your own armors. Okay? If you, if you start wearing all those kind of stuff and say, oh, well, I'll go into battle with that, you're finished, man. Because there's, there's not going to be anything left. Okay, once the devil is done with this world, the devil is going to decimate this world because God's going to allow it. Okay, God's going to allow it. He's going to decimate this world. It's going to be really difficult times. You see what Syria, what, what the president of Syria has done to his own country. Okay, people were playing on the streets, eating, having fun, families were meeting together, nice buildings, nice streets. Today, Syria is a rubble because it was prophesied that Syria will become a rubble, okay? Till there will be no more Syria left. There will be no more Syria left. And what's happened to the people, the citizens, the innocents, okay? They are on the borders of other countries as refugees with nothing. They got absolutely nothing. So wishy-washy people are not going to make it. You got to have the full armor of God at this time and you got to stand strong, amen? So, what I'm saying to you is, war horses are needed. In a war, war horses are needed. Okay? We need, that's what we've been doing here, raising war horses. God sent me here and Anoja here to raise war horses. Okay? War horses are the ones who are going to go into battle. They're the ones who are going to be the forerunners of the armies of God and they're going to go into battle. Okay, now everyone's got a position. War horses also have a position. And they carry mighty warriors with them into battle. The fearless warriors. People who don't know anything other than the command of the commander. Amen. So these are people who are unafraid. Okay. So what I want to say to you is that all these years of our being here and training you. And the difficulty of dealing with me. The discipline I bring, the, the strict discipline I bring, the trials and tribulations that you've gone through personally in this world and in your life and in your jobs and in your families and your situations, but you've been standing somehow, you know, just about standing. But that all is going to come into play now. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, it's going to come. You're going to thank me later on. You're going to thank me later on. And you say, thank you, Pastor Noble, for being so strict with us. You say, what? Are you talking about you say no man you watch out because the day is coming when you will stand alone on your own two feet and you know what before you know it you'll be wielding that sword of the Spirit of God like you have been using it all this time and you say where does all this come from well it's coming from the training it's coming from the trials and the tribulations which God has put you through and allowed your faith to be tested so that it can produce something more precious than gold so that at a time like this even money and gold is not going to work but your faith is hallelujah you know that's why you and I have been going through the troubles that we listen you're not the only one who's been facing difficulty I came here and I had to face 10,000 demons 100,000 demons I had to face people I did not like I faced their persecution and the offense and God was dealing with me as much as he was dealing with you he was training me as much as he was training you and you know now I've become a war horse that is of a greater value in my understanding than I've ever been before Amen. No matter how many years of experience I had before, this is where I got a lot of my training. Yes, I got a lot of my training before I came here, but I also got a lot of my training here. And I thank God that He put me through the rigors, He put me through the difficulties of my faith, and He put me through that kind of training because, you know, now it's flowing. 
the power is flowing the glory is flowing things are happening it's just things impossible before are happening now in my ministry and through my ministry and we are, we are reaching people and changing lives and being a blessing because of that hallelujah you know I want you to understand something you are positioned and you are trained to be a war horse the day will come when you will stand on your own two feet and then you will see how all this is going to work and you say wow I didn't know well you will know that day so radical prayer and approach to God is needed in times of desperation there is no turning back to old ways Esther wanted to go back you know to her old ways and, and Mordecai just put a warning to her and said listen you better be careful right which we've already spoken about so what did she do she went into radical prayer fasting and praying for three days she said let's call a fast and a prayer for three days let's go into the throne room and petition the Lord in prayer first so she went to the king of kings the Lord of Lords before she went to the natural king amen so before you go before authorities before you go before people who stand in the way of your progress go to the king of kings and get the strategy okay petition him submit yourself humble yourself you know make yourself available to God to say okay God you do what you want okay but I'm coming and asking for the help in time of need and then you begin to understand that this is what God wants you to do is to humble yourself he said if my people will humble themselves and pray you know and, and turn from their wicked ways Esther had to turn from her wicked heart which was to let everybody die okay that was wickedness okay whichever way you look at it if you're a selfish person it's wickedness I want to tell you that okay it's witchcraft don't be a selfish person be a person who cares about others and about what's going on in the world and try to do something about it you know if you had to give money you had to go and bake a cake I don't know what you have to do but whatever God tells you to do do it I mean don't just conjure it up in your mind go into the throne room and find out what God wants you to do and do that you know if you're a Christian who only wants to be pampered because you live in the palace okay and who you've been a Christian all your life you will not survive the onslaught of the devil that's what Mordecai was warning Esther about he said yeah go back to your fire, fancy palace and your perfumes and your dresses and all of those sort of things but you will be discovered that you are a Jew nobody knew she was a Jew okay he said but you will be discovered and then you know in, in the heavenly realm okay if you are outside of the will of God the devil will discover you and say this is a backslidden Christian so I can have my way with it or with her so you've got to understand that okay now's the time to consolidate what else will happen is that you will bring others down with you by the selfishness and by the lack of positioning yourself and doing what is needed now the reason I train you is so that you can get out of your comfort zones okay that's what I want to do that's what I want to achieve for your lives is to get out of your comfort zones and start doing things that you've never done before you know when I come and tell you to do something it's the first thing oh, I can't do that or, or, or this is too difficult or look I, I don't have the time or you know I've got to go somewhere else. no you've got to humble yourself and you've got to listen to what the pastor is telling you so that you do what the pastor is telling you to do because he knows what he's doing in your training and how to train you okay that's why God has positioned people above you to train you the pastors the apostles the, the evangelists the prophets and the apostles all of that the teachers are all there okay for that reason for the edification of the science for the perfecting of the saints so if you don't listen to the council okay and you just do what you want to do you're in trouble and that's the problem with the Southwest Corridor the independent spirit who don't want to listen okay they just want to do their own thing or they want to come and take advantage of what is already going on and then they want to boast of their gifts and their talents and all that but the moment someone comes along and says something and brings a criticism or a critical analysis okay oh, I don't want to know and they leave <laughs> it doesn't work that way my friend 
So don't go around bringing others down with yourself. Okay? Uh, such kind of people don't last in battle. And they, they cause a problem for the true warriors. So, but God has got a plan. Amen? God always has a plan. Now in Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 2, he says, Arise, shine, for the light has come. And then he goes on to say, Darkness, and uh, let's go to that. It's a very interesting reading. Let's, let's, let's go to Isaiah 60, and verses 1 and 2. says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Now this is a very, very interesting prophetic word of assurance given to the Jewish nation and to us. He's saying, look, look at carefully at the words, he's saying, darkness shall cover the earth. What's happened now? Darkness has covered the earth. Amen? Darkness has covered the earth. Now he's saying, gross darkness shall cover the earth after that. So something worse is coming than what has already come. Now, if you are an ostrich, you'd put your head in the ground and hide yourself. Don't do that, okay? Accept the fact that darkness has come. Now, accept the fact that gross darkness is going to come. But here's the hope. He says, your light has come. Wow. Oh, hang on a second. Your light has come. That means in the darkness, your light is the Lord Jesus Christ shining upon you. And then you start to become an illuminator. Okay, because you're a vessel also of light and then you start shining in the darkness and then if you keep on reading the rest of the chapter, he says the people of the world will come to you with their riches because they see the light shining in the darkness and they're attracted to that light and they realize that this is not an extinguishable light but a light that's going to keep burning. It's like that burning bush of Moses, right? It, it doesn't consume but keeps burning. So it's just an everlasting light that's keeping on burning. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the everlasting light. Hallelujah. And he has put that light in the church. And the light of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ is shining in the church. They have tried to shut the church down from day one. But they have not done it. Okay. They will never do it. Because Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So now we've got to know as a church what to do. So we've got to be shining. Amen. We've got, we've got to be declaring the praises of the Lord to the heathen. We've got to glorify the name of the Lord. And we've got to magnify the name of the Lord wherever we go and say, Hey, guys, wake up. We are the light. Okay? Come into the church. Come and receive what God has for you here. And they're going to come. They're going to come automatically. They're going to come with all the riches, with all their tears and sorrows and desperation. And we're going to be the solution. Amen? Because we've already been trained. We've already been given the words of solution. We have the words of life to give them because we have Jesus living in us. Amen. Now you become that for anyone and everyone. Don't talk about rubbish and the news and this and that when people ring you up and say, oh, do you know the COVID-19 has become so great and so big. No, 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 no. Forget about all that. Don't talk about all that rubbish. Talk about the word of God that brings the solution for them at that time. They might come to you with so many different problems. You need to know what to say. You need to give them the reason for the hope that is within you. Amen. And when they see that, they'll want more of it. And they'll come to you. And then you'll be the solution to the problem. You know, the wonderful thing about knowing God is, we cannot be defeated even by death. Wow. So, death is threatening itself and threatening us. Uh, with itself. It's using COVID-19 and many other methods to bring death upon the earth. Okay? And he's saying, hey, look, I'm here. I'm going to take your life. Hey, death, get lost in the name of Jesus because you've been defeated. Jesus defeated all those 
things that are of the evil nature and death is defeat. Amen. So death is not going to stop me from achieving what God wants me to achieve because I'll be doing it in heaven. If I have to leave this earth, I'll be in heaven with the clouds of witnesses and I'll be doing what I have to do in heaven. Amen. So death is not going to defeat anybody okay, who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's certainly going to defeat those who don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who don't give their hearts to Jesus, who don't repent of their sins, for the wages of sin is death. Amen? So I'm not going to mince my words. I'm telling you, this is not the time to be sinning. This is the time to be getting your life right with God. If you're backslidden, you better admit it and come back. Okay? If you're sinning, you better stop sinning and come back to the Lord. Because now's the time. Now's the time. This is a warning to you. So don't go around backsliding and sinning and doing all that sort of stuff. And as soon as the COVID-19 has gone back, you go back to your old ways. Don't do that because that's where you're going to get caught. So I want, you to, I want to bring you into the possibilities of what may be coming. See, the things that we are going through in the developed nations of this world, the, nations, the underdeveloped nations of this world have already gone through it. Okay? They have faced the kind of persecution that you and I haven't even imagined. They have been tortured, they've been raped, they've been en masse killed, they have been destroyed by fire and all manners of other things. There are maybe over 160,000 martyrs in the world today. Amen? In this modern era, more than ever before in the history of mankind. And there will be more to come because they're going to hate you. Okay, they're going to hate you because you're a Christian, because they know that you know the truth and they know the truth. And they know that you know the truth. So they're not going to like it. Okay? They're going to come after you. They're going to look for ways. Like they look for ways to catch Daniel. And Daniel did not turn his heart away from God. He still opened that window and he prayed. And they put him in the lion's den. Okay? They caught all the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and put him in the fire. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're not going to like what you are and who you are in Christ Jesus. But... The underdeveloped nations have already gone through many, many, many things like that. These people who don't like us, they oppose everything that is Jesus. And so we've got to recognize that our battle is not against flesh and blood. So many, many warriors are going to recognize this and rise up and they will become martyrs because they're not going to compromise. They're not going to say, hey, no, I'm going to deny Jesus, because that's the next thing that's going to come. They're going to say, hey, you're, going to, you're, you're going to have to accept what we say and deny Jesus through that. Okay, they might not tell you deny Jesus directly, but they might tell you something else that will cause you to deny the principles, the faith, the commandments of Jesus. And that will be denying Jesus. And don't do that. You are the Christian for this hour. You are the solution for this hour. Okay? You're not the weak link. You're not the coward. Okay? You are the answer. Open your mouth and speak to the, to the enemy. Open your mouth and speak to the enemy and tell him you are defeated in the name of Jesus. Use the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God has been given to you. It is your power. Okay? It's been given to you to use. Use it and God will back you up. It says that miracle signs and wonders followed the preaching of the word amen when you preach the word guess what happens things will begin to happen like never before so we must realize our battle is not against flesh and blood so we need the strategies from heaven see our time has come to be the solution but i'm afraid that many will not join the fight many will not join the fight they'll want to stay at home They'll be thinking about their families, their daughters, their sons, their wives, their vineyards, you know, their bank balances. They'll be thinking, how can we protect all this? I'm telling you, when the enemy comes like a flood, you are not going to be able to stop that flood. Only the standard of Jesus in your life is going to stop that flood. Okay? When the enemy comes like a flood, the Lord raises a standard that is himself. But he raises it for those who are believing and trusting in him. Not willy-nilly for everybody. Because everybody has been given an opportunity to know Jesus. The gospel has been preached. I'm telling you, like today, you know, because of the technology and media, 
Nobody can say that they have not heard about Jesus because he's all over the YouTube. Okay, he's all over the newspapers in, 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 the, in the media. Okay, people are talking about Jesus, talking about him being the solution. So nobody can say they didn't hear. Okay, the name of Jesus has been heard all over the world. <laughs> so it's another sign that the time is very, 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 very close. Okay, but before that happens, many other things have to happen and we have to be ready for it. So I'm only worried about those who will not join the fight. If you don't stick together at this time, that's what Mordecai was telling Esther, you've got to stick together. Birds of the feather flock together. The Jews had to stick together. The church has to stick together. Amen. The true church has to stick together. Only then, only then you're going to see the greatness of God in the land of the living. It is the holding together that is the strength and the unity in the spirit. And when, when we hold together, okay, the anointing increases. And then something supernatural begins to happen because it flows out of you. It flows out of the church. It says the rivers of living water shall flow out of you. When does it flow? When there's unity. When there's unity between you and God, between you and your fellow man, it begins to flow. You see, it says on earth, the blood, the water, which is the word, and the Holy Spirit are the witnesses, and they agree in one. In heaven, it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they agree in one. Now they in heaven, and these three on earth agree in one. So where two agree, it's done. Amen. So God agrees with himself. It's because he cannot swear by anybody else greater than himself. He swears by himself. So his promises are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Love, I love that. Because, you know, it's not up to me. First and foremost, it's up to God. And then God says, now son, you follow my commandments. You follow the way I do things. Okay. I'm, I'm unified. I'm not divided. I'm, I'm one. I cannot be divided. I function in so many different ways, but I cannot be divided. Okay. So likewise, the church has to come together. We have to think the same things. We have to pursue the same things. We have to do the same things. And then you'll see the power of God working corporately out of us and individually. And we're going to get reports like, you know, people begin to say, wow, look at that happening in that church you know they're unified yeah well that's happening because we're unified amen and the dew of heaven will fall upon us amen when we are walking in unity so stay strong in this hour stay unified you know don't break fellowship don't go away your own way right now and say okay this is my opportunity to walk away no 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 this is your opportunity to come closer together right closer together Take up the phone, bring somebody, encourage them, talk to them, you know, and then you'll see that God is going to bless that conversation as you talk about the Lord, as you encourage that person, and then God will encourage you in your situation. So we must seek this unity. Amen. Apostle Paul, you know, found out that God had purpose in Abraham to bring the Gentiles in with the Jews and make them one. But it came at a time when soon after Pentecost and they had still not gotten over their lifestyle with the law. So when God gave Peter a vision of the Gentiles and said, don't call what I call clean, unclean. He had a dilemma, he had a difficult situation. Now, did he, he, did he, was he going to run away from it? Because he did try to say, you know, I can't go amongst those unclean people. And God rebuked him in a nice way and said, listen, don't call what I call clean, unclean. So now that was settled. Now he had to find out a way to fulfill what God had told him to do. Now this is where the solution is. Okay, this is where you have to gird up your loins. You've got to accept the word of faith. And you say, God spoke to me. There's a risk here. Okay, it's called faith. It's spelled R-I-S-K. 
what do I do? Because if I go amongst the Gentiles, the Jews are going to complain. And that's what, what Peter's con con uh, you know, concern. But the truth is that there was no risk at all. Because what was going to happen was going to eliminate anything that anybody would raise up as an objection. So when he went in amongst those people and he was preaching the gospel, the Holy Ghost was poured out upon them. They spoke in tongues and praised God exactly like us in the day of Pentecost. And nobody had anything to say after that. Because now God had included the Gentiles. <laughs> Listen friends, I want to tell you, God is going to revision us. Amen? That's, called, that's what it is, a revision. Okay? When the revision comes, right? Don't get afraid. Don't say, oh, you know, we shouldn't be doing this and we shouldn't be doing that. Come on. That's the time to gird up your loins. Okay? Because God has spoken and the revision will come and things will happen. But this is the time that you need to rise up as war horses. You need to take up your positions. You need to stand in the gap. You need to do what God is calling you to do. Corporately, as Calvary Assembly, in this place where we are located, where we are positioned, you know, we are still here. 40 years later, we are still here. We are the generation that is Esther. We are the generation that has to petition the Lord and say, Lord, show me what to do and change the heart of men and destroy the enemy that is against us. Because there is an enemy against the church and he is decimating the church because people are living in sin and doing all sorts of bad things and the, de the devil is dead. Now we've got to stop that. We've got to stop that decimation of the church. We've got to get in and preach true holiness and righteousness, the truth and the love of God and, and not be wishy-washy about our messages but be truthful about what can happen if you don't follow the commandments of the Lord. So the risk was great. He went out, he spoke to the people, the Holy Ghost fell, and Peter was exonerated. There's a new door going to open. Okay? It's coming from the words of Job. They say it already happened in, in, in the day of Pentecost. Yes, it already happened. But it wasn't just a closed door after that. It stayed open. Amen? Many, many... Uh, evangelical Christians today say oh there's no baptism in the Holy Spirit there's no speaking in tongues there's no none of that and you know miracle signs and wonders are passed and all this sort of stuff my friends the door never closed on the day of Pentecost the door stayed open and we have seen and we we know that after that subsequently after that even in the Bible many many instances of the Holy Ghost being poured out in Acts chapter 10 to Cornelius right as, as I just said about the revision that Peter had to do and, and about Apostle Paul in Acts 19 when he laid hands on the disciples of, the, of the John the Baptist and they got filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. So that was never closed door. It's an open door. It's going to stay open and there's been outpouring after outpouring after outpouring of the Spirit after that even in modern history and we've seen that there have been times of darkness over the church when they've tried to shut this down. Okay? Because they've gone into theology. They've gone into legalism. They've gone into what they think they know about the word. I'm telling you, you don't know anything about the word till the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. Amen? And once the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, you know the word. And you only know the portion that he reveals. You don't know everything about everything. Okay? So you don't get carried away with what you know, but you use what you know and you use it powerfully for the glory of God. And what is going to come now, okay, what is going to come now is another outpouring of the Holy Spirit, like never before. Okay, and it's going to raise these mighty war horses, these mighty warriors who are going to know no fear, who will know how to walk into the throne room boldly and get a petition up, answered, and bring it back to the earth and use it powerfully for the kingdom of God. In this time, no man is an island. Believe me, don't try to stand on your own two feet by your own self. No, get in connection with God and with your fellow man. Walk with those who are going to lift you up, who are going to be the right kind of people for you in this time, in your life. Because if you walk with the wrong ones, 
The ones who are going to be talking and murmuring and gossiping and complaining and talking negative and doing all sorts of wrong things, you know, they're going to pull you down. Okay, don't go that way. Go the way of the Holy Spirit outpouring and listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is going to say to you. And what he's saying to the church, through the preachers, through the genuine guys, through the ones who are, because he will give you the discernment. He said, how do I know the difference between the good guys and the bad guys? Well, simply by the discernment of the living God. Amen. So you ask for discernment and then you receive the message that is coming from them and then do what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Be the solution. Don't be the problem. Okay. Don't get carried away with your own self and start dictating and telling what to do and how to do and all that. No, find your position in the body of Christ. Empower yourself by the prayers and by the fasting and by the seeking of God, reading the word, spending time with him, and then go into the presence of the king and he will give you the authority in the time that you need. The times that are coming. New authority. Powers like you've never had before. Amen. I'm going to come to you. You say, oh God, why did you choose me? He's not because you're the foolish things of this world. Amen. That's why he's choosing you. So don't get carried away with your own importance about the kind of miracles that happen through you or the souls that you save or anything else. But listen. Position yourself. Keep doing it. Because you're here for such a time as this. Amen. God has called you for such a time as this. If you have never been excited about your faith, now is the time to get excited. You say, what? In the midst of darkness, in the midst of all these problems? Yes, friend. You know why? Because this sign is a, like a neon sign all across the world saying, Jesus is coming back. Wow. I'm so excited about that. Because that means there's going to be an outpouring of the Spirit. Yes, there's going to be problems as well. But in the midst of that, my light is going to shine. And in the darkness, when that light shines, they're going to come in. They're going to come and want to know. They're going to ask. <coughs> Excuse me. They're going to ask. How come you're standing? How come you're so joyous? <coughs> How come you don't have a problem with what is going on? Well, because my Jesus is seated upon the throne. I got no worries, man. This is the one time I can use that Australian phrase. No worries, man. Okay? Absolutely no worries. Why the peace of God that passes all understanding? So keep my heart in my keep my heart in my mind. And God has given me the peace that the world cannot give. The world's not giving you any peace. You know that. You've been trying it. You've been looking into your bank account. You've been looking into your situations. You're trying to get a job or whatever it is, and you have no peace. You can't even sleep. Okay? You need the peace. You need the peace that passes all understanding. And you've got to get the peace that Jesus gives, not the world gives. Amen. Then you can defeat Satan. Romans 16:20 it says, "The God of peace shall shortly destroy Satan under your feet." Amen. Wow. I said, "This is the God of peace doing the, the war." Yeah, that's exactly right. Opposite of war is peace. Amen. So there's no more warring in my mind. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried if I'll die. I'm not worried about any sickness or disease or having no money. Yeah, I'm keeping my eye on things. I'm being wise. I'm being careful. I'm not being stupid. But I'm not worried, okay? And you got to stop that. You got to stop being worried. Get excited about your faith because this thing is flashing like a neon sign all over the world. It said Jesus is coming back soon. So I got to find out where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing because God has called us all uniquely. And as I said, revision is coming to Calvary Assembly. Be ready. So don't sit back and say, "Where is God?" Why is he doing this, you know? Somewhere in your life, after you become a Christian, God put a seed of faith in you. He has called you from your mother's womb. That's why I said to you, you're not a chance. You're not a ch chance happening on this earth. God purposed and God put a seed in you. Through your mother's womb, you were given birth and you came to this earth for such a time as this. Okay? You're not an accident. Many things might have happened. Many bad things might have happened to you. 
And I, I can sympathize with you on that because many bad things happened to me. But I got over all my sorrows. I got over all my problems, the things that happened. I keep thanking God for bringing me out of the pit of hell. I thank God that he brought me into the abundant life that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm living that abundant life. So how am I living it? By my faith in the Son of God. And by his faith in what he is doing. So I trust him. So I believe in him. Okay. I know that he has a plan. But all I've got to find out now is in this plan, where am I? What am I supposed to do? So that I can please Him. So that I can be in the right place at the right time to receive the miracle signs and wonders for other people. To bless others. Amen? Because I'm already blessed. I'm already coming to the blessings of Abraham through Christ Jesus. Amen? I'm no longer under a curse. So now I want to be a blessing to others. So how do I do that? Show me, Lord. Do I send money? Do I go and preach the gospel? Do I cause someone to be comforted? What is it that I have to do? And that is what God wants you to do. Is to find that and do that. And he will tell you what to do. Don't do willy-nilly what you want to do. Good works are not going to get you to heaven. Amen? You are saved by grace through faith. So good works are part of your Christian journey. Don't make it your salvation. Okay? It's not your salvation. Don't just go to God and say, oh, well, I did this and I did that and I did that, therefore I'm allowed in heaven. No, no, no. Get your life right. By grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's not by any works you've done. Works are there so that you do it for the glory of God's name and to help others and to save others through those works. So when they see your good works, they will glorify God. Amen? That's the wonderful thing about God. So let us get excited about our faith. God put a seed in you, called you, for such a time as this. Now, let that seed arise. That seed has to die for it to arise, to produce the fruit. Okay, the wheat or the, whatever it is that God wants out of it. You're all called, some way or another. You may be in the apostolic gift or the fivefold ministry or administrator or something else, a gift of God, here, you know, called the gift of helps. Uh, whatever it is that God has called you to. Be that, because that's the prophetic seed. That is needed. It's all by body work. It's not one person. You know, the fingers are as much needed as the eye and, and the mouth and so on and so forth. So nobody is any less in the kingdom of God. They're just positioned that way. And we have to bestow honor on the less honorable parts of our body so that they can grow and become strong. So let us love one another in that manner. Okay? Uh, I baked a cake for someone and I said, no, but did you respect them? Have you forgiven them? Have you stood in the gap for them? Have you gone and said, I'm sorry, I offended you? Something like that. I can tell you that I'm challenged all the time not to receive offense, not to take offense from things that people have done to me. Challenged all the time. But I, I'm free. I can sleep at night because my conscience is clear. And I know before God that if God convicts me of something, that I can go and do that because now he has strengthened me to do it. Amen? He has strengthened me to do it. Not that I could have done it by myself. No, he has strengthened me to do it. So also he has strengthened you through your trials, through your tribulations, through the training that you have received, through the word of God, through the Rima word, through the visions and the dreams. All that's for this time. All this is for some times that are going to come. So be prepared for that prophetic seed in you. Allow it to come forth and let it work in you and let it bring that destruction to the devil's kingdom through that prophetic seed. Amen? This is not the time to fall back. This is not the time to say, no, I'm going to go back. No, this is the time to go forward. Amen? God is calling us. So I'm, I'm crying out to the Lord. And then I say, Lord, tell me your deliverance. Tell me what it is that I have to do so that I can fulfill this journey that you've got me on. I can reach my destiny. Amen? For such a time as this, I'm called. You're called. We're here in Calvary Assembly, in the Southwest Corridor. You know, my thoughts are running everywhere to do this, that, and the other. But God shut the whole thing down. And He said, no. For such a time as this, you are here. Then from here, God will open new doors. And new things will happen. Revision is coming, my friend. Get ready. 
You're going to have to include people you've never included before in your life. Get ready. Something good is coming. I meant something powerful is coming. And I am preparing my heart in the closet for that. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Let's pray. Father God, I lift up your people. And I pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. And I say, Lord, let every prophetic seed that you have placed in them come to life. Let it come forth. I command it to come forth in the name of Jesus. That which fell to the wayside, I, I reclaim it from the devil. That which fell in the offenses of the word, in the hard ground, I claim that back. And that which fell amongst the thorny bushes, I claim that back as well. Into the soil, the good soil, that some may produce a 30, 60 or 100 fold according to your will. Bless them now. Let that prophetic seed arise in them in the name of Jesus. I command it in Jesus' name. And devil, I bind you and break your depression and oppression upon the people of God. And I cancel your diseases and sicknesses upon them in the name of Jesus. I cancel all the curses you have put upon them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, teach your people, I pray, by your fivefold ministry and by your spirit of the things that they need to know in this hour. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that they're going to accept that they're here for such a time as this and position themselves and hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking to them, saying, this is the way, walking in. Do this, do that, and they will obey. Thank you for the war horses. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.